Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. This episode sponsored by the new book, Dads of Disability. 41 essays by dads, moms, and kids about the practical and emotional lives of fathers of children with disabilities. You haven't seen a volume like this one. Samples and a special offer at www.dadsofdisability.com slash coffee. Good evening and welcome to the Coffee Clash. The Coffee Clash and Special Needs Talk Radio Network feature outstanding programming for the special needs community. Our team of hosts provide educational interviews. Our shows are not designed to provide listeners with specific or personal medical, legal, or professional service or advice. Parents of children with health issues should always consult their health care provider for medical advice, medications, or treatment. Any show discussing rights and law for special needs children and special education are presented as general information and not legal advice. Special Needs Coffee Clash Limited does not promote any hosts or guests' individual practice, programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. Good evening. Welcome to the Coffee Clash. This is Marianne Russo. She's back. Dr. Samango Sprouse was with us last week, and we discussed um, her new autism study, which found two biomarkers to identify autism in children as young as nine months old. Um, You can listen to that. It's archived, and it's on um, iTunes. Dr. Samango Sprouse is um, a neurodevelopmental doctor who is just renowned for helping children with dyslexia, dysgraphia, um, dyspraxia, and she's been on, this is her fourth interview. The first interview that we did, we went into, in, it was really in-depth talking about dyslexia, the Focus Foundation, and, um, you know, different treatment options and early detection. The second interview, we talked about atypical learners, and people often hear atypical learner, but they have no idea what it really is. So we discussed who the atypical learners are and how to help them. As I said last week, we had a study on her new, uh, we had an interview on her new study. And tonight we're going to be discussing the biological treatment to promote recovery from dyslexia. Um, Dr. Sprouse um, serves one of the largest patient populations in the world of children who are prenatally diagnosed with X and Y chromosomal variation. She is the founder, executive director, and chief science officer for the Focus Foundation. So I am thrilled to have you back on, Dr. Sprouse. How are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be back as well. Um, You know, as I said last week when we spoke, when we did our first interview um, about the Focus Foundation and about um, these children with um, dyslexia and dyspraxia and the XY chromosomal variation, that interview went 
crazy. It just exploded because parents had no idea that a lot of this could be detected prenatally and that there was treatment for it. So that was probably about two years ago, if not more. So tell us what you've continued to find and um, what parents need to know about the importance of knowing the cause of the dyslexia. Yeah, we have been very busy, and what we have found is really quite encouraging. We follow boys with um, XXY, or formerly known as Klinefelter syndrome, um, and we follow a large population that were prenatally diagnosed because mothers, um, you know, were over 35. And those boys, um, in the first year of life, received hormonal treatment um, in the form of three shots of testosterone. We hear a lot about testosterone for older men, but in this particular disorder, the boys are deficient. And they received these three shots um, in the first year of life, and they're now, it's now 13 years later. So we've been following them. And lo and behold, what we found was it improved cognitive function. It improved their ability to, it remediated their speech and language delay. It improved their behaviors. It improved their shyness and some of their passive, you know, sort of behavioral phenotype. And that is really amazingly good news for an outcome. And even more important, I think, is for all the families whose boys may be atypical, slow walkers, slow talkers, struggling in school, Um, This is an important test to get out because we know that the boys respond to hormonal replacement throughout their life and that it prevents a lot of secondary behavioral problems. So we're very excited. So let me just go back then. There were two comments that I I just wanted to discuss. First of all, you said mothers are over 35. So, um, you know, how does that play into this? And at what age are these, and this is a simple blood test, I would assume, right? Nothing really invades it. it. So at what age would um, the, the males be tested? Well, for the mothers over 35, the way they, you know, there's many genetic disorders you are more at risk with as you age. You know, we sort of talk about that, you know, the A gets less um, functional in females. And so we screen for a variety of tests when the mothers are over 35. And what's very exciting is that now there's an actual blood test that mothers and fathers can get, so there's nothing invasive being done um, to the penis that we can make a very high calculated risk if they're likely to have a baby with an extra X or an extra Y. So they get it because of their age. And if you are later, so you're a baby boy who's two or three or five or seven who's developing in an atypical manner, what we're suggesting is all of those boys and girls who are atypical, slow in any domain of development, should be tested because there's actual treatment for it. So I think that asks your answer. Go ahead. Yes. So you discussed males that the testosterone Uh is a treatment for males, but you just mentioned now that girls also. So um, what is the the treatment similar? What is the treatment for both? And are there any side effects to these? And you said it was three, right, three treatments of testosterone? Right. Well, there's no hormonal treatment that 
is now presently being used for girls. But mm-hmm. we really are suggesting that if the girls are identified with an extract, that they have an increase in anxiety and reading dysfunction and are extremely shy. And so all of that is better treated um, in a variety of ways. For the boys with an extra X, they do have a hormonal deficiency that is um, replaced with testosterone. And so the babies who are identified at birth, um, we've now followed them at 36 months and at 72 months, and our latest study that's just getting ready to um, be submitted for publication is the boys at nine years of age. The same group of kids as they've grown up who look dramatically significantly better because they've had early testosterone replacement in the first year of life. And the reason we think it's so helpful is that it actually helps the brain. Um, it feeds the brain in areas that would be deficient because it's you know missing the testosterone. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the reasons we are suggesting, and I talk all over the world about this, is we know that they're deficient in, in hormones, and we know that hormones are important for boys to develop. And so many, many boys who get identified postnatally, say at five years or eight years of age, when sent off to endocrinologists, actually end up getting some kind of hormonal replacement then um, because they find that there are signs in their genitalia that they're deficient. So every juncture through life, it's important to identify the boys because replacing hormone, the hormonal deficiency really based on our information about our babies um, will help them with their reading problems, their behavior problems, their extreme shyness. So it's a very important thing for families to understand because it's a way to get improvement by feeding a system that's missing something. And it's so interesting because, you know, I often speak about the importance of an endocrine evaluation for girls with anxiety, depression, um, you know, any type of, um, because basically a lot of times you can treat it and those problems resolve. So, you know, you were talking about the first year um, when the boys get the three treatments. So say it's not caught um, in the first year. Is it as effective later on, say, in a five-year-old? And is it just a one, three um, shot series or is this something that they will need you know periodically well um we we don't to answer your question we think that it's probably going to be effective in five-year-olds um but we don't we haven't yet analyzed that data but we have a Mm -hmm. group of boys who are getting diagnosed later who have been getting you know replacement hormonal replacement on a very limited basis and it does seem like they are improving We know that these boys are deficient in adolescence for sure, and somewhere between 11 and 13, they will start getting it regularly, Um, and we know that it helps them, and we are getting ready to publish on that data as well. It helps them very much to move through middle school and to look more appropriate and more, so to speak, manly as far as developing because they're deficient, but even more important, these boys have extreme fatigue and they have mood dysregulation because they're deficient in the hormones. So when replenished, they really blossom. And not only does it help their reading, but, yeah, it's an overall improvement in well-being 
Now, to answer your question about do they need it for the rest of their life, I think um, the science is sort of still determining that. There are, you know, many endocrinologists that will say that kids will need it well into their mid-20s. There's some adult men that stay on it for the rest of the life, their life. We don't, we don't have a good answer for that, but we do know that it, it impacts their well-being and prevents a lot of medical complications when they receive testosterone um, in early adolescence versus later 20s or 30s. There's lots mm-hmm. of things that are better when given early again. You know, I think another thing is that parents aren't aware of the fact that you talked about the shyness and the fatigue and the mood, um, that this could be associated with the dyslexia or with the developmental um, you know, language issues. Exactly. So, you know, I think that that's a problem, that people look at things as two separate issues, that maybe they're depressed or tired or shy because they have these other issues. They have problems with dyslexia. But really it's all one thing. But my question would be, is this a test that's standard? I mean, is this a test that all children get? How do parents get, you know, ask they for this? They don't get it. No, they that's don't get horrible. it. And what we, well, it's concerning because you want to, you know, you want to identify. I mean, it's a very common disorder. It's one in right. 500 live births. So um, we have on our website a questionnaire for families to take. And what we say to them is if you have three yes answers to go to your pediatrician and say, I would like you to consider drawing blood or karyotype to determine whether my child could have this disorder. And, and I go so far as to say any child who has learning differences, behavioral problems, reading dysfunction, mm-hmm. any spectrum, this should be ruled out because it's treatable. This is it's, like it's we don't have a lot of treatments. Well, it's, it's absolutely <laughs> infuriating because there's a biological yeah. basis, there's a treatment, and Parents aren't aware of it. Doctors probably aren't even aware of it. I mean, are there any physical symptoms? Are there any particular markers that would be a red flag that parents should look for? Well, we know several things are common, very common in the disorder. Like the boys are tall. Um, They're typically above the 80th percentile. And usually their height takes off somewhere between 3 and 10 years of age. Um, you know, they are not, they're very attractive kids, and there's nothing physically that would draw them to your attention. They do have low muscle tone. They do have an increased incidence of flat-footedness, like 80% of the boys have flat-footedness. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so there's lots of indications. But I, the thing to me is I think what I say to people is we can make this relatively benign by saying if you see a child with speech delay this is a disorder that should be ruled out if you see a boy who is struggling in reading and has been diagnosed with reading dysfunction reading disorder dyslexia this should be ruled out like any boy who has a disruption in development in any spectrum you know in any domain should be considered and and I worry that you know, some of the boys who are being called, like we hear of this sort of mild autistic or some autistic features, are really our boys with extra X's that just haven't been diagnosed. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's very important for families to think about asking for this test because right. the treatment isn't a magic bullet that it's going to fix everything, but it's going to help substantially. Well, knowing the social and educational issues that these kids um, are going to endure, especially come middle school and the, the really difficult years right. socially. 
um, you know, this is so key. It could be a change of quality of life. Do you know Dr. Valerie who? Um, she's yes. a yeah, well, you know, she's done a lot of research on male um, hormonal differences in males that are on the spectrum, uh, especially on the high functioning. And you know, it's it's really just so important that the endocrine system gets gets checked out. It just seems with your research and her research, it's mind-boggling that the doctors don't do this. Well, I mean, what I think is interesting is that we understand at a, at a very basic level that hormones have an impact. But what has not been sort of general um, frontline um, consideration is if something's off developmentally, then this should be ruled out because hormones are something that are treatable in this particular condition. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's very striking. The other thing is that, I mean, our boys that are treated early and aggressively and get support through getting, you know, their hormones supported through middle school. They, you know, like all middle schoolers, everybody has their ups and downs and their Mm -hmm. tumultuous years. But the kids are turning out to be incredible leaders, incredibly successful, and they're so funny. I mean, I always tell the story. When they come in to see me, they are like, look, you know, I'm, I'm tall, um, I'm good at what I do, and I'm strong now. Like, what's not to like? I mean, and that sort of sums it up versus Life I'm weak. I'm, yeah. yeah. It's very, so what would very you say? I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot, um, but what would you say approximately, in your opinion, um, what percentage of boys probably are walking around that could be getting this treatment or should have gotten this treatment um, that it, it would have just changed the outcome? Well, I mean, what we know for fact is that 75% of the boys with XXY are unidentified. So if you take the numbers of 1 in wow. 500, it's a very large. So, we, you know, one of, that's one of the reasons I, you know, I'm all over the world and, and pushing so hard is every child who shows developmental disruption, and if he's a boy in particular, this needs to be frontline and considered because we know that we're missing it. We know for sure we're missing it in large, large numbers. And the reason is because they don't look different. They're not that dramatic. Right. And it's, you know, sort of just cooking along. But the quality of life is markedly improved. The, the incidence of reading dysfunction is markedly reduced, and the overall well-being is dramatic when identified early and treated appropriately. So yeah, it's a know, very it's so large disheart- number. And it's so disheartening because, you know, even with girls, like I said before, with anxiety and depressive disorders, panic disorder, it's so disheartening that nobody looks for the organic basis. It should be the first thing should be ruled out, should be any type of medical explanation for this and it just isn't done here i don't you know it, it's just it's it's terrible that these children suffer these parents don't aren't how would they know you know if the doctors don't tell them how would they know so it's when you know why I, I love having you on because thousands and thousands of people will listen to this and um, it'll help a lot of kids but just so that parents understand what is the relationship between hormones brain development and dyslexia because it doesn't to most people it doesn't make sense how could hormones cause you not to be able to read right so in the boys with extracts what happens is the temporal lobe which is really the reading center the language center social language is all wrapped between the temporal lobe and the frontal lobe 
the boys that have this disorder are deficient in testosterone or androgen, and those receptors are in the temporal lobe and the frontal lobe. So the way the hormone, the way hormonal replacement works is you're feeding a part of the brain that's vulnerable and not getting what it needs. Um, and when you feed it, then the brain responds as you would expect. It, you know, is nourished and you get improvement in function. Now, what we know is that the, the boys who do the best are the boys who have no other complicating factors, no family learning disabilities, nothing else that goes on other than the extra X. But we know regardless, if you have an extra X and you're given testosterone, that there will be a general well-being, a general improvement in your well-being. And as a part of that overall improvement, you will see reading function improve because that part of the brain wasn't getting what it needed at a very basic level. The hormone that was needed for that brain, that temporal lobe and that frontal lobe to develop wasn't being nourished. Right. So and it's, the testosterone it's a very that, easy. Yeah probably gives a lot of energy too, you know, and, um, you know, that um, just basic sense of well-being. But what about the girls? Because, um, you know, you said, you know, the testosterone treatment isn't for the girls, but, um, you know, what, what treatment is out there for the girls that, like you said, you know, they can have a lot of anxiety, they can have, um, you know, very shy, very social, socially awkward. How does that relate physically, biologically? Well, I mean, I think what happens is we we know that women have an increase in, I mean, all females have an increased incidence of anxiety. And in our girls with an extra X, we saw the anxiety sort of at very, we've, we have not published on this, but we have tracked it, that anxiety peaks at different times that you see physical growth. So we will see anxiety in the little girls somewhere between two and four years of age, where there's a lot of growth going on physically as well as developmentally. And we also believe that in the girls with extracts, there's anxiety peaks somewhere around, again, around seven or eight. So depending on the end of first grade, the beginning of second grade, certainly before third grade. And so the difference in diagnosis is if you're a little girl with triple X and extra X who's been identified and you start crying and getting stomach aches and headaches and avoiding school, your mm-hmm. mother will and your father will be much more, re, they'll be much more proactive about what's going on. Is anxiety coming up? Is there something coming up with reading? If you don't have a diagnosis, then people tend to often dismiss this oh, and please. say, yeah. well, you know, that's a behavior. Plug, you know, plow through that. Just tough up. Um, right. Exactly. So Suck it I up, th- right. Yeah, really. I mean, I, I say to people, it's all in how your lens is focused. And so, our families who have a diagnosis are much more proactive than reactive and much more supportive than sort of man up, tough it out, however we want to mm-hmm. say it. And that is, in the long run for the girls, incredibly, incredibly beneficial because you're acknowledging the anxiety. We treat it in a very specific way because we know the disorder. And we teach people all over the country about the typical things the girls worry about. And it's, it's, it all looks like anxiety, but our treatment is more focused, it's more targeted, because we know what these girls are likely to be concerned about. Um, and, and it's so, apparent very early mm-hmm. in the girls. It is I, I think it is very early. 
Yeah, my daughter, it took us five endocrinologists because the first four dismissed me. I had one endocrinologist say to me, Mrs. Russo, you're just trying to find an excuse for her behavior. I said, absolutely. And it was <laughs> right. the fifth endocrinologist. Commonly known as a cause. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, you know, and um, the fifth endocrinologist found it. We started um, hormone treatment, and it just dissipated. So, you know, and went through 10 years, 11 years of suffering. Um, but now what test specifically, let's go back to the boys, what test specifically would parents ask for if they are concerned that their son um, may have this problem? They either boys or girls, they would ask for what we call a karyotype or a chromosomal analysis. It's a simple blood draw that the pediatricians can order and do, um, and it's a limited, it's a very small amount of blood, and that that then is analyzed in a laboratory like Lab, you know, LabCorp, Quest, mm-hmm. and they literally look at the chromosomes and determine that, you know, males and females are all supposed to have 46. Girls have XX and guys have XY, and they look and determine if there's a presence of an extra X in a girl or an extra X or Y in a boy. So it's it's very easily done. Um, It's a very affordable test in the spectrum of what the cost is to knowing the diagnosis versus having it not known for a lifetime. So it's, you know, we suggest it. And it's interesting because we're finding more and more things that um, speak to the benefits of hormonal replacement. So there's, in the adults, there's a very interesting study where lupus was identified in men. um, And the men, many of the men who had lupus, several of them had an extra X. um, So they were essentially our patients, but adult and the lupus, when, when the men received testosterone replacement, the lupus symptoms and the presence of the disease was diminished and in some cases extinguished. So there's a lot to say early diagnosis in this disorder will have impact, broadly speaking, on both medical, you know, medical disease disorders as well as overall improvement. Well, you know, your work is just literally life-changing, um, so I thank you for what you do. And, you know, please tell tell us, tell the parents, tell the educators. I mean, I'd love for the educators to know more about this because they can easily identify this if it's missed by parents or pediatricians. But um, what can we do? What can parents do um, to further your work? Yeah, I, one, of the, sorry, one of the things I, I have think two, is okay. so... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they've been very quiet too. One of the things that I think is really important is I would like educators to step back when a child is struggling and to assume it's not a behavior and that there's a real cause for it. Um, and that, that one of the things to then say to parents, if a boy particularly or, you know, is struggling, that they ask the question, go back to your pediatrician and do the questionnaire on the focus foundation. If you have three yeses, take that to your pediatrician and ask him to consider getting blood work done. I mean, because we, the kids who come in that are, that are diagnosed at 9, 10, and 11 years of age, I mean, we just had a little boy call, the grandmother called the other day with a 10-year-old. They, for 10, literally they've been worried about this boy since he was 12 months of age. Mm-hmm. And they were bouncing back, bouncing back, and finally it came. So, my thought for educators is to say, 
go to the Focus Foundation. See if this questionnaire might be helpful for you. And if it's like the directions say, then go to your pediatrician and follow. I mean, I would like us to be much more vigilant that it is not a behavior. It's probably in many, many cases, an underlying cause, and we need to say it's an underlying cause rather than this is just a behavior. I think that would make a huge contribution. I would love to see in this country that it be mandatory for an endocrine evaluation or full physical evaluation before psychiatric medications or psychiatric labels are put on these kids because I think we're going to find a very large population that can use biological treatments and really get a lot of help. Now, say a parent goes to their pediatrician, they do this test, it does come up um, that they have the extra chromosome. Um, How open are endocrinologists to using the testosterone? Are they going to run into the problem I ran into 15 years ago, or is it more accepted now? Well, no, I mean, I think there's wide variability on how open the endocrinologists are, but what we say is we always suggest to families if their child has been diagnosed to contact the Focus Foundation and then we can help the family sort of maneuver the medical system and to facilitate documenting and describing ways that the message can be heard in a receptive manner. But you are right, it's still still very, it's not mainline medicine by any means. It's a shame. But that's what the... Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the purpose. One of the mission statements of Focus Foundation is to literally bring this, you know, bring this out of the darkness and into the main line and say, you know, we should be thinking about it all the time and we should be advocating for treatment in systematic ways that recognize the link between hormones and brain and behavior, but most important for positive outcomes. Because right, I could just imagine the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of boys that have the ADHD diagnosis or many other diagnoses when, in fact, exactly. this is their issue. So I thank you again. I can't thank you enough uh, for joining us. We are going to get the word out with this because there does really need to be a paradigm shift in the way these, these boys are looked at. Um, so why don't you give us your website so that parents that are listening to this can get in touch with you. And please, Dr. Sprouse, Get, come back in a year or two and tell us what else you're finding because you are just cutting edge. <laughs> I mean, Thank amazing. you. Yeah, that's terrific. Thank you. Our website is the www.thefocusfoundation.org, um, and the questionnaire is on the website. We really strongly suggest that families print it, answer the, yes, the answers, and then take it to their pediatrician if it's appropriate. Um, and, you know, we are always looking. There's lots of recent articles that are on there that families can access as well to give them more information. And, you know, sort of my goal is to forth, to get this to the forefront that people think about this as an explanation for anything that is developmentally atypical until it's ruled out. And then you move on. You don't miss any time. Exactly. Well, again, I thank you. Um, please share whatever comes your way. And if you want to listen to all four interviews, and you really should, um, it is on our website, www.thecoffeeclatch.com. It is right up the first um, new blog that's up there, lists all four interviews. It has a little bit of history, and um, where you can get and we'll have all of the information there for you. So please, if you do have a child, don't assume that it is just behavioral. There's always a cause for every behavior, and... 
if, if you're lucky enough, you'll be able to find some type of cause like this. So I thank you for joining us, and we will see you next week. Thank you again, Dr. Sprouse. All right, thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.